on the social media platforms. Just search for Ron Upshaw or Don O'Neill. Hey, you guys. Welcome to episode 419 of the Ron and Don Show. And heck yeah, we are live from the Les Schwab Studios. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we're going to tell you about a 67-year-old who couldn't wait to retire. And then once he retired, he went, I didn't want to spend that much time with my grandchildren or my wife. So now he's unretiring. The things that people don't tell you uh, when you retire. Also, is it the end of the millennial lifestyle subsidy? We got to talk about that. We're talking about that, though. Let's talk about this. The new gun legislation, without getting into, uh, without getting into an argument about guns and AR-15s and what we call them and name them, uh, Ron, the new gun legislation, my feeling is this is going to do absolutely nothing and the mass shootings uh, will continue. What are your thoughts? I, I, I agree with you. I think it's it's a little bit of uh, lip service. I will say that any progress that in my mind is in the right direction, and I think that this is progress in the right direction, that I don't want to say it's meaningless. Because if, if there's one, the, the, the one thing that I think is interesting that they looked at is, and we've had this happen in Washington State, where a, a kid is 18 years old, walks into a sporting goods store. This happened up, uh, I believe, in Skagit Valley. Muggletia. Or Muggletia. Walks into a sporting goods store, buys an AR-15 because it's legal. Has no, there would be no reason for them to not get it. They have no criminal record. Uh, nothing on their record would have prohibited them from getting it. Oh, this is this is and, Marysville. I'm and sorry. then uh, literally takes the manual in their car and then goes and, and shoots up a school. So th- there's been enough of them, and it's it's even sad that we have enough data and, and to we have mixed, a sample we, size. Yeah, and we just mixed two stories. In the story where the guy, the young man, read the manual in a car, he went to a party. And blew away some kids. The one that you're talking about, uh, this kid was related to a tribal member. And he went into the school cafeteria and started murdering kids. And it was actually a teacher that came over and gave him a hug and stopped him. So, uh, so I think it's, that- it's, 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 it's what's, what's weird about it is we, we just mixed up those two stories. It's easy to mix them up because there's so many effing stories. So many stories. So there's a, a big enough sample size to say... Uh, raising this age from 18 to 21 could save lives. I believe that will save lives. Um, it's not going to stop. It's not like a faucet that's just going to turn off mass shootings. But that that one particular piece, I think, is a step in the right direction. What we're doing, though, is is flirting around the edges of the issue uh, because it's so politicized. And so these little incremental changes um, are really not going to do much. It's interesting. I listened to a podcast from Sam Harris. He's a, a, a deep thinker. He does a lot of, he's a brain scientist. And, and when he looked into the statistics on this, and if you just divorce yourself from the horror of, of the actual people's lives and just look at it analytically, the, the, the school shooting portion 
of if you took a total gun violence in America, total lives lost in America by guns, the amount of people that the actual numbers for school shootings and AR-15s in that category is vanishingly small. Um, it, it's not the majority of, of people that die in gun violence in America. So if you, if you really care about, and that doesn't mean we shouldn't address it, and it doesn't mean that it's not horrific, but what it means is like if we really want to solve these problems, uh, the vast majority of gun violence in America is handguns. Which we don't care about. The vast majority yeah. is, is of murders happens between people that know each other or uh, it happens in, in, in inner city neighborhoods. Yeah, and let's just say what everyone thinks. It's black men killing black men. This is what everyone thinks. And who cares? Because it's not happening in my neighborhood. The reason we care about school shootings is because the schools are in your neighborhood, so now we care. We didn't care about homelessness in the shanty towns that have always been here in Seattle. Always. There's always been shanties town. There's always been people homeless and living in tents. The RV thing is kind of a new thing. But what happened is, is when we closed up a shanty town uh, down in Seattle, because there's too many shootings and rapes down there, it just spilled over into our neighborhoods. But we didn't care. We didn't care that there's a shanty town in South Seattle that people were living and dying and raping and shooting. In. And then finally some politicians said, well, we should care. And so we're, we're, we're going to get rid of it. And all they did, all they did is they just spread it throughout the city. And now we care. And I have to admit, I care more because it's in my neighborhood. I didn't care as much when it wasn't. I care more now that these school shootings are in my son's schools. I care that he had to evacuate when the SBU shooter was down there murdering people. And my son was less than a quarter of a mile in a school when that was happening. And, and... And he had to be evacuated. He knew how to be evacuated because he practiced that evacuation over and over and over again. And at the time this happened, he was six. Six. And now I drive by that school every day. And I think about what happened on that campus. He doesn't because he doesn't know the story yet, right? Because he was six. So anyway, I think we have to do a better job at figuring out why young men in America are so mad. It's not women that are doing this. It's young men, right? It's young men that are doing this. And what are those discussions that we should be having? And what are the changes that we need to make? I do think a good thing in this legislation, if the money ever gets there, or if this is just some kind of pork barrel thing that both guys, you know, both sides can say in the midterm elections, hey, we did something, Right. Because the Republicans didn't want to lose their base, and this legislation helps them. They don't lose their base. And Biden wants to be able to say that he signed this legislation into law. So that's why they're both standing there before the midterm elections, and they're praising it because they know their base will love it. But in the end, this legislation is weak. It is slow. It will not stop the school shootings. It just won't. It's not going to stop it. Because when you really look at where these guns come from and how kids get them specifically, yeah, you don't have to go and buy one. You can just go down to mom or dad's closet. Uh, we will see you on the other side of this. Hey, it's Ron and Don here for Les Schwab. They've been sponsors of the Ron and Don Show for going over a decade. You know, summer's almost here. That means it's time to have your tire tread checked at Les Schwab. One of those regular maintenance things that we never do. Why should we do that? Because that tread is literally where the rubber meets the road. Stop by Les Schwab and have your tire tread checked for free. 
no charge at all, or schedule an appointment at LesSchwab.com. And if you do need new tires, right now you can save up to $150 on a set of four select tires with Les Schwab financing. Learn more at LesSchwab.com slash sale. That's Les Schwab Tires, where they've been doing the right thing since 1952. Attorney Ann Fitzpatrick needed to move to Tacoma for family reasons and turned to Ron and Don for help. The market was tight, but Ann spotted what could be the perfect house. It was Thanksgiving Day, though, so she emailed the guys and told them, hey, don't worry about it until tomorrow. And of course, they ignored what I said about don't work on Thanksgiving. And we immediately got in with an inspector the very next morning, uh, you know, immediately started strategizing. Ron and Don told them there'd be plenty of competition and a fierce bidding war. So instead of waiting, they came up with a strategy to put on the full court press and make an early offer to convince the seller to go with Anne. We actually managed to scoop up this house before anybody else had a chance. So if you're looking to buy in such a tight market anywhere around the sound, you need a team on your side with deep expertise, creativity, and tireless dedication to their clients 24-7, even on holidays. And it all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down at ronanddonsitdown.com. Thanks for listening, you guys. I realize it's not easy. Charlie the dog and I have to listen to these two jokers every day. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. There's an article that uh, came out that said this is end. This is this is the end. Is, is we head towards a recession? <laughs> this is the end of the millennial subsidy, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people are saying it's it's the end of that, and especially if you're a baby boomer or you're someone that's a Generation X, we look at these millennials and we wanted to help them. We wanted to make sure that we ha- they had better lives than we did or we do. And guess what? They do. And now we're angry and mad at them. And our lives suck because we don't have the freedom they have. And now we're writing articles like, this is the end of the millennial subsidy. Anyway, I think it's a bunch of BS. This is a lot of parents out there that have helicoptered. You've been very close to your kids and you're the ones that have made it easy for them. And now you expect them to behave differently and they're not going to do it. And that's why when you pull up at a McDonald's, like I did the other day when it was still open before they shut it down in Ballard, I couldn't find anyone that spoke English there. There are no young kids or there are no uh, older young people that are working at McDonald's like they used to because they're at home on their laptop and they've figured it out. It's a gig economy. I don't have, in, in, in fact, there's some real good research now telling us that you shouldn't have the same job for 10 years. They should mix it up. So this idea of having the same job for 60 years, even if you hate it and can't stand it, like our parents and grandparents, or maybe even you're listening to this podcast and you're like, yeah, I'm one of those. I saw, I saw a guy yesterday, they were celebrating the fact that 43 years, he's done at UPS. And I'm like, holy shiznit, man. You've been driving around in that truck for 43 honking years. Great respect to you. You don't see a lot of people doing that anymore. In fact, your Uber driver is part of the gig economy, right? They might even be a millennial. They'll drive when they have to. They get a little bit of money, and they might not drive for another 18 months. That's just the way it works. I think millennials, and I watch them come and go from my Airbnbs all the time, I think they're really... They're, they're really interesting, Ron, and, and I think they are living better lives. And part of that is because Generation X and Generation uh, Boomer wanted them to. Uh, and now we beat up and we get 
backhanded compliments and write argues uh, uh, write articles like this. I'm standing up for the millennials today. Well, I, the article that I read was, had, was not about that. It was about the function of the rising interest rates, de- like doing away with the subsidized offers. And so that I it was different and it was interesting. And you brought up Uber. One of the big ones was rideshare. So for years and years, when interest rates were near zero, what investors wanted to see in Uber and Lyft and all the rideshare companies is, is growth. So they didn't care about debt. They didn't care about profitability. They wanted to see growth. How many drivers do you have? How many rides did you have? What is your membership base? Is it growing? This is, this in, is in, the Amazon model. And Jeff, when, I remember Jeff on 60 Minutes, still driving a Volvo, going down I-5. Amazon was still a hospital here in Seattle, the old hospital on a hill. And they asked him when he was going to turn a profit. He said, you know, I'm probably about 10 years away. Probably, and he goes, I'm going to just keep driving this Volvo. But I'll probably turn a profit in about 10 years. Because this was the model, exactly what Ron is talking about. And so for the longest time for Uber, you're, the price to the consumer was artificially low. And in many cases, the, the company actually lost money on that ride. Yep. And if you and you and I jumped in an Uber, we went down to the ball game and it was, I remember these days, it might be $4 and 50 cents uh, to drive down to a Seahawks game. And I, I would think I was like, how does that work? And then how can a- this guy pick me up at my house yeah. on demand? I can see where a car is on my GPS. Take me down to the Seahawks game for $4 and 50 cents. It's because Uber actually lost money on that transaction because they were trying to gain a foothold over Lyft. And so now what this guy is saying, so the door dashes of the world, the Postmates, the Ubers, the Lyfts, Grubhub, all all of these companies that when money was virtually free would lose money on the transaction in order to gain market share. You hooked on the process. That's now gone away. So what they're saying is open up your phone now. And I just had this when I was uh, on, uh, on this trip to Kentucky with, with my guy friends is we needed to go a mile and a half in this Uber. And I think in Kentucky, and I believe the Uber ride was $17 and where, like I just said, you fl- go back a year or two and you could get a ride in a bigger metropolitan area. There was a longer ride for a quarter of the price. Yeah, I and go, so the subsidies has gone away. That's what the article I read was about. Yeah, was I like, like, to, to, to illustrate your point, going to the airport a number of years ago, I could jump into Uber and do it for $40 and it undercut the 65 at the cab. Right. And then you saw the cabs go away. And then all of a sudden, my ride was 65 too. And now what has happened, now that we're hooked on Uber and we use it to go to the airport and we would never call a cab, it's not even in our phone, my last airport ride was $105 to the airport. And then when we got to New York City, we were going from like New Jersey to New York and all that, every time we got an Uber, it was 95 to $120 for that. So ride. that's what the, the article I read was talking about, the subsidy for the millennials. So there's a, there's a rude awakening for some millennials that came of age with this technology where they maybe the, the wave started when they were 15, 16 years old. Now they're in their mid twenties approaching 30. And this is the only economy they've ever known is having subsidized food delivery, subsidized uh, ride share, okay. subsidized uh, Postmates where it's like, Oh, I need, I, I'm having a, a party tonight and I forgot the olive oil. You could order on Postmates and it would only be a couple of dollars for the delivery charge. All of those subsidies are going away and you're going to have an entire generation that has never paid full retail 
for these services now start to see full retail and it's going to be massive sticker shock for a lot of not just millennials but people that use these services all the time yeah all right you guys we will see you on the other side Hey, you guys, we're sitting here with Mitch.Loans. We want to thank everyone for switching to Mitch. Did he change his name from Mitch Weeks to Mitch.Loans? <laughs> yeah, that's his name. <laughs> Any, anyway, this is something I've been thinking about, Mitch. Here comes 2022. I'm going to sit down and do my taxes anyway. Most of the stuff that I'm going to need to send you to do a refi is right in front of me. So as people are doing their taxes this year, it's a great time because you got all the paperwork right there that you guys need to think about doing a refi in 2022, right? It sure is. Yeah. And as you have that stuff in front of you, keep in mind that it's totally free to have a consultation with me. You give me a call, you take the loan application, and we might talk it over and decide it's not the call right now. Refi doesn't make sense. Whether you're buying in the next two years or you're already in a good loan, we'll keep it, you know, like that. But if it's time to switch, you'll be glad you did. So switch to Mitch and let's get that call going. There we go. He's Mitch Weeks. He's the official mortgage guy of the Ronadon Nation. Go to Mitch.loans right now for more information. Save half a percent on your new loans at Mitch.loans. NMLS 1691573. All right, you guys. Welcome back uh, to the Ron and Don Show. Let's talk about retirement. And it used to be that you get 62, 65, 68, just ask Social Security. You stop working, you get that big Social Security check, and you go, you know what? I'm going to be living large. And I'm going to travel, and I'm going to buy a new trailer. I'm going to do all kinds of cool stuff. And, th- and then once you find out that you're paying taxes on your Social Security, <laughs> and you don't get much. Very, you, I, I looked the other day what kind of Social Security I'm, I'm going to get, and I'll, I'll, I'll get the max number for my years of work. Uh, wow, it's not very much. <laughs> so they always tout, hey, Social Security went up 18%. This year, it needs to go up about 380% to make any mistake at all. And then we always hear, I remember taking a class when I went to the University of New Mexico, and I remember taking a class on how Social Security was going to shut down next year uh, if they didn't get it figured out. So, and now we're hearing those same stories again. Retiring, unretiring. I have a, I have a friend who who is one of my business partners. He's turning 60, and, I, and I've told you before about we're uh, all going to head to Maui, and we're going to do some diving and some bike riding. And, and, and what's really cool is he has planned his life from 60 to 100. Every time we, I go for a run with him, and his heart rate should be up around 120, 135, somewhere where mine is at on the run, and then we're really going 155 up to 170. He's, he's clicking around 95. Just he, he has this incredible discipline. He works out every day, and his heart rate's incredible. He's in great health. And so he believes, because he takes care of himself, exercise every day, uh, doesn't drink a lot, doesn't smoke and all that, he's, he's, he believes that he's going to live a, a long life. So he's planning the next 40 years of his life. He's planning the next 40 years of his life with his wife and his fans to kind of see what that looks like. And, and, and so he has planned, because he's still going to work, because he loves work. But he loves to travel, and he loves to travel around the world. So what he's doing is he's leaving the, the, his official job at his official office. He's found another office space to where uh, on most days when he's in town, he'll probably go and check in. But he's created a life where he doesn't have to. He just likes to. And he said the importance of that is to feel the structure of it. Because the fear is, and I think that this is true, and, and you have felt this on a vacation before. That relief when you finally have been there for a couple days 
and then all of a sudden life just feels really good to you. It feels really good because you've gotten out of that structure. But chances are where you're at, there's activities and you're doing other things. When you go home and you no longer have a job and you don't have that structure and you're at home, then it turns into waking up, doing a crossword puzzle, watching Let's Make a Deal, having a horrible, and I mean a horrible TV dinner lunch, and then staring at your partner if they're not dead yet and going, what are we going to do this afternoon? What are we going to do tonight? Because I know tomorrow we're waking up doing a crossword puzzle, and then we're going to watch Let's Make a Deal. That's where the wheels fall off a little bit is when you lose that. When you have a job, especially if you're not an entrepreneur, someone decides every day what your life is going to be like. And then all of a sudden you retire and unplug. Some people do really well with that. Like my mother has done really well with it. I think your parents have done well with it, Ron. Other people don't when that structure falls away. That's why a lot of times when you see firefighters and police officers that don't plan their life, they do not plan their life and they retire, many of them die within the first seven to 10 years of their retirement because the adrenaline's gone, the structure's gone, the purpose is gone, the brotherhood, the sisterhood, whatever that is, all that stuff is gone. And you can only go on so many trips and you can only take care of your grandchildren so much until you look around and go, wow, the structure of my life was super helpful when I was working How do I recreate that in retirement? And I think even the word retirement is really not the proper word because I don't think retiring means we're stopping to do something. And I think when we reach that age, it becomes another springboard to do something really cool with the life, the freedom, and hopefully the money that you've set aside because you have built wealth through real estate. (laughs) You know what? That's a great place to end it. Yeah, it is a good place to end it. Is that our final segment? It is. Yeah, let's leave it right there, you guys. Anyway, if you need us to help you with real estate, we've written books. They're not real long books. Uh, they're 20, 30 minutes of an ebook. You can sit down, have a cup of coffee, and we'll send you a Ron and Don camp mug. Yeah, uh, email me, ron at ronanddon.com. That's ron at ronanddon.com. Yeah, if you want to advertise on this podcast, let's talk about it. It's not super expensive. And to help pay for the podcast, uh, we will love you for that. And we'll give you a lot of promotion. And you'll get a lot of business from it, you guys. You really will. And you don't have to pay a big radio station. So the rates are probably an eighth of what you pay on a radio station because you don't have to pay for all those offices and uh, all those organizations um, and all the people that work for all the three martini lunches. Yeah. <laughs> so funny, man. <laughs> anyway, I'll just stop right there. If you want to advertise, reach out to me, Don at ronanddon.com. Everything's at ronanddonsitdown.com. If you want to sit down with us today or this week, if you're thinking about doing a real estate transaction anytime within the next six to 12 months, Let's sit down and talk about it. Ronadonsitdown.com because it takes a long time. In fact, the the four or five homes we're getting ready to bring on right now, many of these homes we've been talking about uh, since the beginning of this year or even last year. Uh, so I think I think one probably over a year now, right? But yeah, I think over a year for that particular house down south. All right, you guys, head up, shoulders back. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show. Episode 420 will be here before you know it. Thanks for listening, you guys. Yeah, it's the Ron and Don Show. Olay! On the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back. And keep blowing that trumpet, and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network.